0: You have reached the voicemail box of Game Thing Season 7. No clip. You have 20 new messages. Monday, the 20th of November, 2023, at 10:11 pm
1: Hey David, it's Pippin. Uh, does this music fill you with nostalgia and uh, childlike joy? No, because it does not for me. Uh, I've never played this game before, but we're going to play it for no clip. The game is The Legend of Zelda, the first one for the Nintendo Entertainment System from 1986 uh, in Japan, I think 1987 for North America, developed by Nintendo R&D 4, published by Nintendo, famously designed by Shigeru Miyamoto. Uh, and Takashi Tezuka, who I think wrote more of the kind of the script in the world stuff, which is just as relevant for, for what we're up to. I uh, quickly tested it out just now. Noclip appears to work via Game Genie. Um, I'm doing all of this in emulation. I'm emulating an NES and emulating a Game Genie. On the emulated NES, I walked through walls. That's as far as I've got. Why this game? It's. Um well, it's iconic. I have not played it. I would like to play it and see what's there without, you know, bothering about walls. Let me know what you think.
0: Tuesday, the 21st of November, 2023, at 11.43 a.m. <clears throat> hey, Fitment, David. I've heard of this game played
2: it twice I guess if I were to sit down I think playing it now uh it forms a triptych or a triforce I guess of um an equal amount of time I think that has passed because I remember playing it uh, as a kid and then in college and then now uh present day well not yet um yeah I don't know what to say I mean you say the game is iconic and I'm kind of more interested just to hear what's experiencing it like this is going to be like for you, not as like an over eager uh, admirer of the game waiting to watch you appreciate it, but more just as a way to experience it for the first time with no clip. Like, what is that going to be like? Um, And I can speak more to like the context of the game and what it is, I don't know that it means anything particularly significant to me, other than it's memorable and probably formative in ways, um, as far as like the way I play games, um, that maybe you'll sort of glean as you go on about it yourself here. Um, But a couple things come to mind, and one is that playing in Noclip is going to be a little odd, although I think I can sort of predict what it might be like, but it's going to be a little odd because if you don't know, the original Zelda game helped either popularize or introduce a lot of staples in gaming of how secrets came to be or like looking for them and finding them the sort of counterintuitive way um you're meant to be drawn into the world and find things. How's that for cryptic? Uh, I'm not sure if that's overstating or glossing over things that came before. Uh, but one of the big things about Zelda is hidden entrances, which are sort of everywhere. And I guess that was to encourage experimentation and exploration. You know, how do you find them? How do you trigger them? Um, it's all pretty obtuse. And uh, so some would say that and others would say that that is to encourage uh, calling a tip line and buying a uh, guide to figure out where are you supposed to go and what are you supposed to do? Uh, I could go on more. I'd rather hear about more uh, from your maiden voyage eyes. Uh, There's also something that comes to mind. Maybe I'll get into later about the nature of Uh, video game characters all being trapped, and what does it mean to break out of being trapped in an exploration game like this. Um, I could go on like that. I just wanted to add, um, I'm going to be emulating it as well via a golden
0: ROM. Tuesday, the 21st of November, 2023, at 10.09 p.m.
1: Hi David, just wanted to leave you a quick little message tonight because I started um, The Legend of Zelda No Clippery in earnest. Um, And one of the first things I've been doing is just kind of going north, and one of the first realizations I had with that is uh, at least in the overworld, you can. You can exit the screen in any direction, even if there's no door there. So the sort of the trigger for changing map locations is the entire border of the screen. So it's possible, for instance, to just walk into a wall that covers the entire top of the screen and still go north. So I went north for a while. I found a, kind of an island with a tree with a door in it. I went in there to discover my first dungeon. Um and one of the weirder things, and this is, I, I literally, I don't know if this is no clip or not, but when I do the sword attack that kind of fires a ghost sword, uh, if it doesn't hit anything, the ghost sword just wraps around the screen and keeps wrapping uh, over and over again. Um, is this normal? Um, I <laughs> I noticed that the projectiles that the kind of fuzzy red Cubert guys shoot do the same thing. They also wrap around the screen if they don't hit anything. Uh, Perhaps they are no-clipping? Question mark. I fought a huge dragon in that tree dungeon and its fireballs were wrapping around the screen, making it basically impossible to fight the dragon. So, no-clip not feeling super useful, um, maybe, or at least feels like a double-edged sword, a double-edged master sword. Um... Yeah, I'm not even sure how playable it's going to be. I'm not quite sure what to do. But one of the things I guess it's made me curious about is just how is this noclip working? It's a Game Genie code, uh, which is to say it's a sequence of numbers and letters, um, like a little bit of a a Steam code or something. Um, I have no idea how the Game Genie works. I think I might have to find out uh, what it does and get some kind of small insight into how Game Genie Cheat codes actually work, and what the nature is of this no clip that I have unleashed upon myself and on you. Um, yeah, kind of looking forward to it. What is a what is a golden rom? You clearly want me to ask you, so David. What is a golden rom? Night night.
0: Wednesday, the twenty second of November, two thousand and twenty three, at nine oh eight a.m. Hey, Pippin, it's David. This is the best time of day. The sun is rising.
3: It's got my cat on my lap. And I'm going to try to squeeze in watching some stuff um, after I call you for the workday starts. Um, so I also ran into the same things you mentioned. Whoop! cat's gone. <laughs> uh, I ran into the same things you mentioned. Um, I'm playing on the... Uh, second quest um which is a much harder version of uh legend of zelda that jumbles the locations of items and such uh the dungeons and it does a host of other things notably in noclip um, things are much harder and the game in clip on hard mode turns into sort of a bullet hell game uh as you're just besieged With projectiles, and they kind of wrap around indefinitely until they hit something, namely until they hit you, and for as long as you have full health, yeah, you can have your one modest projectile, Uh, and then you're sort of neutered, um, because you can't make another one go until it's connected with something, and so... I don't know, it turns combat into just this whole other thing where you have to sort of lure an enemy into being hit by your little laser blast sword thing. Um, and in my experience, that's
1: <clears throat>
3: that doesn't happen nearly as often as you die. And that's what I've also been doing, mainly. Um, so that was my discovery after also first like you going north, as far north as I could. Um, I was curious to see if I could get Link, your little green guy, to appear in the inventory screen above the screen and instead what happens is you just wrap around to the uh, beginning screen and I try to do that, go all the way left and see what happened and did that and go all the way right and see what happened, try to do that in dungeons as well. Um, So I don't know, I'm trying to find something to do other than just beat the game. The, the second quest is the one I'm less uh, experienced with and wondering if I'll have some discoveries therein. And I guess, you know, what we're talking about, this is maybe the first time that it feels like Noclip is giving us a peek into how the world works, or namely this game world works. And I'm curious to hear what you find out about Game Genie. I, uh, we were poking around on a website, and now I'm wondering if there could exist some sort of GameGenie.website where we could really look in and understand uh, these cheat codes. Kind of explore them and get to know
0: them, you know? Wednesday, the 22nd of November, 2023, at 8.05 p.m. Wednesday, the 22nd of November, 2023, at 8.51 p.m.
1: Hey, interesting to uh, to be hearing from a seasoned veteran who can talk casually about Second Quest, whatever that is. Can you tell me what that is? Um, And even the idea that jumbling the locations would matter. I I take it that um, salty pros like yourself—oh, salty pros—I don't know. Anyway, salty pros like yourself um, know where everything is. Then is it there's a sort of a spatial memorization game going on there? Uh to which extent I would have thought that Noclip would help, you know, get to known items faster. Um but yeah, I agree with your kinda your your basic take-home there, which is that we're turning Noclip on kind of expecting freedom, uh, and instead we seem to be getting highly constrained, mostly by this bullet hell thing that we're both experiencing that that makes all of the combat of which there is a ton, uh Not impossible, I suppose, but like ridiculously harder than it needs to be, uh, which was not the objective. Um, But yeah, strap in for just a second. I've been looking at the Game Genie, uh, which was first released in 1990 for the Nintendo Entertainment System. And the way it works is it used to be a piece of hardware you would plug into the NES and then put the cartridge on top of. So it's a sort of a pass-through kind of a thing. And the way that it would work is you would enter a code into the Game Genie that would tell it a specific address uh in the memory and also a value to set that address to. And by doing that, it could circumvent the data coming in from the cartridge and instead set the NES to use different values from, from what it should be using. And if you pick just the right spot in the code and just the right value, you can change what the game does in all sorts of ways. It also means that you can type in a completely random string of letters as a Game Genie code, and it will do something. It will change the memory uh, in some way. Probably not predictably. Probably could break the game. But, you know, it's just a little intervention in memory. Um, For that reason, I, I was sort of baffled as to how anybody could possibly work anything out, but it turns out if you go looking... Uh, that there are these things called RAM maps uh, for these games, I guess because they've reverse-engineered a bunch of games. There's one for The Legend of Zelda on ROMhacking.net that tells you the purpose of a whole bunch of, maybe all of, I don't know, uh, the RAM addresses uh, for that game. So armed with your Game Genie knowledge, you could therefore very specifically target a RAM address, replace uh, the data at that address, and have an impact on how the game works. So that's how our noclip is working. Uh, All of that said, there's this funny little switcheroo that goes on in the translation from the Game Genie code to the actual RAM address. That means that it's just hard enough for me to follow that I haven't quite been able to get to the point of writing us a Game Genie code from scratch um, to to do something that we want to do. Uh, And in fact, I was reading a Y Combinator thread from 2013 Uh, where one of the actual Game Genie devs commented, quote, wow, I was involved in the Game Genie development, and you might like to know that the only reason we encrypted the codes uh, was because we were scared of being sued by Nintendo, rightly, as it turned out. And we figured naively that it would help if people couldn't make up their own codes. So that's why there's this little bit of misdirection in the correspondence between a a Game Genie code and the actual uh, RAM addresses uh, that you're using. Uh, And it's put me off, so I guess it worked. Uh, That's enough, Game Genie Deep Dive. I will get back to playing The Legend of Zelda. Bye. Thursday,
0: the 23rd of November, 2023, at 12.09pm. Hey Peppin, it's David. Uh,
2: Talking to you on this uh, national holiday here in America. uh, My birthday. Uh, here to deliver some salty prose, P-R-O-S-E. Well, maybe peppery. Uh, yeah, you know, I wasn't trying to talk over your head or pull rank. I <laughs> Don't know what's not known, so I'll revert back to assuming nothing is known about Legend of Zelda. So second quest is just, you know, it's this new game plus additive value thing of once you've beaten the game, here's a way to make it much harder, um, and that's basically kind of all it is. I mean. It takes a lot of knowing the map, knowing where the dungeons are, knowing the maps of the dungeons, knowing where the key items are, uh, to make beating the first Zelda possible in the first place. But you can kind of have all of that ability thrown out um, in second quest. And in second quest, uh, in Zelda one, there's this thing going on where Zelda one, no clip behaves differently than other games, uh, 8-bit games that um, at least I tested out, usually to switch screens, even in some Super Nintendo games I saw, you have to turn Noclip off and on again, just to, to go north once, just to go west once, etc. And in Zelda 1, that doesn't seem to be the case, um, although I have a theory, at least in Second Quest Dungeon 1, sorry, it's already getting <laughs> confusing, even to me, um, I think there's a door you have to turn Noclip off to make appear or to go through because there seems to be a thing where sometimes you can go through i don't know i'm i'm boring myself talking about all this but uh basically where i am in second quest is i've beaten the second dungeon but not the first i've scooped up some extra hearts um and i got the recorder i forgot it wasn't an ocarina yet so for all my uh you know grinding and being punished by the world, I got this nice little cheap woodwind that most parents learn to take away from their kids in a couple of minutes. Uh, I read online that I guess, so you play the recorder and a tornado comes and picks you up and deposits you somewhere else. I read online in second quest, I think it actually deposits you back in the first quest, so I don't know what's going on. There seems to be a lot of weird opportunities to explore in there, Um, but a couple things happened. grinding it out to where I've gotten one is just sort of a recognition that if you can only shoot projectiles once, it's also true of your enemies, and so this has led to a couple of deaths of like, there's just a million projectiles in the room, and some are from these skeletons that can shoot similar laser blasts as you, and it's just like, well wait, whose is what, and am I going to... Stab myself in the back here, like what's going on, and just lots and lots of deaths, but also just like the recognition of adapting to sort of enjoying this other really masochistic game that it's become because you just have to sort of, you know, make all the enemies be in a corner and then deal with them, although you're incredibly weak in Second Quest. Um, other than that, you know, there was a couple of things I recognized about how, you know, Clip. Zelda is actually not as punitive as it is playing vanilla. I just remember forever ago there would be this thing where you would kill an enemy and they'd give you this maybe life-saving item, but it would be stuck in the mountain or stuck in the water. Um, And sometimes uh, enemies get stuck (laughs) in the level as well, and they can't seem to touch you or do anything to you. Uh, So there's a lot of trade-offs, but again, I'm more
0: curious to hear... How are you experiencing it all? Bye. Thursday, the 23rd of November, 2023 at 8.31 PM.
1: Hi, David. I, uh, don't have much for you this evening. I, <laughs> I listened to you. Uh, I was a little bewildered by your tough guy, Zelda lingo. Um, Sounds like you're playing the game pretty hard or something, Um, which is cool um, as well. I can't play the game hard because I, well, I don't really understand the game and I'm playing with these cheats on that make the game not the game, so I don't really know what I'm doing. Uh, I did use another Game Genie quote event, quote, code eventually, A-V-V-L-A-U-S-Z, to turn on no damage because I was really finding like for all that noclip was liberating in certain ways, like you can kind of make a beeline for stuff Um, I was still dying a ton because there's a real profusion of enemies in Zelda on pretty much every screen and you can't just avoid them and you do not noclip through them so I turned on no damage and started almost wondering whether no damage and no clip are sort of somehow, I don't know, the same thing or two sides of the same coin or something. They both enable kind of freewheeling navigation uh, coming at it from different directions. I also looked up how many distinct screens there are in the game, and the number I read was 16 by 8, which would be 128 unique screens, so there's a lot to see. but it's pretty boring to look at. I'm going to have to re-examine this. I'm going to get back to my tourism mode somehow and just try and take a good, long uh, look at the game and tell you what I see. Uh, that's that's me.
0: Friday, the 24th of November, 2023, at one thirty seven a.m. Hey,
2: Pippin. Uh, sorry if I lost you not intentional. Um, while you're in tourism mode, I have a bit of a favor to ask you. Um, I feel like getting into the progress I've made, uh, it's going to be kind of, uh, across purposes for what we're trying to talk about and us having a conversation. (laughs)
4: Let's
2: just say, I guess, give me a gold star. Um, you know, I have a full bottom row of hearts. Now I have four pieces of the Triforce. Um, but something I've observed really since fallout three doing no clip there is the game is the game. No matter how you're breaking the designed reality, you can't get away from it. And, uh, Zelda one, no clip. Second quest is fucking with me. Um, cause I was playing a night, uh, making my way through a dungeon and the game would just not give me bombs when I needed bombs. And, uh, I was completing a dungeon, I was somehow down a key crucial uh, to get through, so I had to go out and farm rupees to buy a key and try to farm bombs from other enemies, and uh, just could not get bombs, no matter what I did, and uh, so there's something, like, deep in the hateful heart of a video game that knows, even if you're fucking with it, it can kind of fuck with you and it's kind of funny and strange I think in like a tiny bit way like we're thinking about AI these days as being kind of sentient and I wonder if you know or like if there's any way to figure out like is this coded in the game to make you farm stuff like is there something in the game's brain that forces you to go wander out for a while and not just willy nilly (laughs) Drift between reality. Do whatever you want because you're actually in Zelda's house. Let me know. Bye.
0: Saturday, the 25th of November, 2023, at 2.25 a.m. Saturday, the 25th of November, 2023, at... 8.47pm
1: Hey David, sorry I haven't been able to return your call. Uh, I wanted to give you a, a quick call now. Uh, I haven't actually played Zelda today, but I was playing it yesterday with Felix for a while. Uh, he reports that it is boring and that he would rather play Tux and Fanny. Uh, which is fair enough. Uh, Tux and Fanny is a little bit more legible, I think. Uh, a little bit more kid-friendly. And I was thinking about what you said about, you know, what the 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 tumult of difficulties that you're having in whatever you said, Zelda One Second Quest Plus Plus. Uh and that feeling that maybe Noclip was making it worse somehow, that maybe Noclip was hiding bombs from you <laughs> or something like that, right? Um and that does I feel like I'm kind of slipping away into thinking about the Game Genie probably more than I ought to. But one of the things that I find so fascinating, uh, and you know, we got there via Noclip, but one of the things that I, I find so fascinating about the Game Genie in connection with what you said is just how close to the fundamentals of the software the Game Genie is. It's literally a memory address and then a byte to replace that memory address with that leads to these effects um, and these interactions, right? So maybe it is true that when you input the no clip special byte, the way that it works does have some interaction with bombs. I mean, I couldn't guarantee that it doesn't. I'm, I'm struggling really to visualize as a programmer what it looks like. Uh, is it like replacing the value of a variable in the code? That kind of seems like the most obvious. Thing Maybe the value in a register, I guess, if these things are written in assembly, which is similar. You know, we did a code season, you know all about registers and assembly programming. Um, but it just kind of amazes me that a single value replaced, uh, when you look at the range of Game Genie codes, just the, the kinds of stuff that happens is, um, I just really wish I could see it mapped out because it's so interesting uh, to me. And that, you know, one of those effects is you replace a single byte of information in the source code and Link can walk through the walls. Um, how come? <laughs> how come? I would like to know. Maybe we need to like, delve deeper into the Game Genie for an entire season and reverse engineer it and become, um, become software engineers again or for the first time. Um, yeah. The other thing I noticed uh, is that Link has a crucifix on his shield. Uh, do you know why Link has a crucifix on his shield? Inquiring minds want to know. Night-night. I'm not going to bed yet. Night.
0: Sunday, the 26th of November, 2023, at 1.59pm.
4: Well, first off, please play Zelda. Play Zelda with no clip. Let me know what you think, if you don't find it <laughs> as boring as Felix did. Um, Brings to mind, you know, I don't think I was much older than he was when I first at least watched someone playing Zelda and all these other early Nintendo games. Um, it wasn't like a incredibly profound experience. I remember us me and my brother being very gripped by it. Um, you know, the pre-internet world that was sort of part and parcel to figuring out Zelda is like talking to other players and like what did you see how did you figure this out Da there was no like guide online to just look up and sort of just um, you know crutch your way through the entire game but um, yeah I mean I'm you know progress is progressing uh, into the fifth dungeon I think that's what it's called in the second quest it's, I think it's, I don't know, they, they appear in different orders here than in the original. Um, so it's kind of confusing and involved, and I don't really fully understand or remember anyway, but um, I guess I have, like, a quick story I can tell about something that I had happen in the fourth dungeon, um, which I think sort of, in you know, it ties in with some of your questions about the religious iconography, which I don't know too much about. I think just generally Zelda takes a lot from... King Arthur and the Crusades, and I think in Majora's Mask and other Zelda game, there's some stuff about the Triforce, this cross, and the three pieces of the Triforce at least being referred to, or I don't know if it's a fight, it's been a long time, pieces of the Triforce being Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, which, and again, I think a lot of this in the original game we're playing, was censored or changed when coming over from Japan, I think another one where, like, what we know is the item. Of the book of magic is called the Bible, literally in Japan, or it translates that to that. So, um, as to why and the intention behind that, I don't really know. Uh, I did have a thing though yesterday uh, in the fourth dungeon where there's a hidden room where you have to throw a switch or use a bomb to get into. This man gives you the mystical ability to use more bombs. You can carry four more. Um, which he did and then because I hadn't thrown the switch but was able to noclip my way in uh, I actually couldn't leave for some reason so I wound up having to sacrifice myself very slowly in the just one heart half heart piece at a time uh, I guess you know getting into the religion aspect of it is interesting with noclip because what is religion in some ways but a way for the spirit to noclip But it also gets into like, the mystical knowledge around Zelda, wall walking, entering into another plane, the door behind the door, the gateless gate, or it could just be that, you know, most
0: religions contain a lot of the common elements, same common elements. Sunday, the 26th of November,
1: 2023, at 8.34pm. The no-clipping-of-the-soul way, eh? that I went real deep, real fast. I appreciate it as well, that you know or claim to know some of that background stuff around Zelda and the religious aspects. I mean, of course, you know, religions of various kinds are the backbone of plenty of stories in one way or another and hugely influential. I'm sort of vaguely surprised that a game from Japan would lean on That and without doing any research, as you know, I'm um, as a professor at a university, I prefer not to. Um, I vaguely wonder or like the idea that they used uh, a Western religion, Christianity, Catholicism, whatever, as a kind of exotic other, um cultural foundation for the game so that it was sort of you know just in the way that western media constantly uses mystical people from other lands um drawing on religions that the people in the west don't understand um maybe they were doing the same thing back which is kind of cool um yeah i could check that i don't know if i'll get around to it i think one of the big things that i've felt you know i had another session with zelda um, just now I reached a boss, I think, in a dungeon called Goma, <laughs> G-O-H-M-A, uh, who I had been told to hit in the eye. And I ran up and, you know, sorted Goma in the eye and then ghost sorted Goma in the eye and nothing happened. Could not defeat Goma. Uh, and I looked it up and apparently you have to shoot Goma with a bow in the eye. Well, an arrow, technically. Which I did not have because I've been no clipping around, and I don't know where the bow is. Like I'm just going from place to place, like a nomad, checking it out. Um, mostly not bothering to fight unless it seems like I absolutely have to. Goma, you absolutely have to, and I don't have the thing, uh, which made me think kind of about how no clip renders games um, so nonlinear, or at least you know so out of sequence, because of course you still move linearly uh, through space, but it's just the the way that you move through spaces. Uh, totally different to the way it's mapped out. Um, and that makes me think, I guess, about the differences between a nonlinear experience of narrative, which I think can be interesting and is, you know, a sort of a postmodern approach to storytelling uh, and is something that we can make sense of, whereas a nonlinear approach to gameplay and mechanics and systems, uh, at least the way they're usually designed, simply doesn't really work. And that's one of the things that NoClip can can put you in the way of is, you know, you end up in front of Goma without a bow because you didn't go through the recommended sequence of, of places to have the right stuff to do the right things. And maybe that would happen to an ordinary player as well. Uh, maybe you can reach that that part of the game without a bow. Uh, but a lot of the time, design prevents that from happening. Uh, so, yeah, non-linear gameplay, difficult. Also, remind me to tell you about the work of Patrick Lemieux and Stephanie Bollick sometime. Not now, though.
0: Monday, the 27th of November, 2023, at 11.46 a.m. Hey, Pip and it's David. As always, Monday arrives.
2: Uh, look, um heard your message, and I think... I mean, people do do these things in video games all the time, like going around the prescribed lanes... Um, I mean, I meant to look it up in Fallout 3, but, you know, when I couldn't attack things in that game, I remembered years ago seeing a video of what I'm sure was a full playthrough of the game, of uh, the player escaping the the crib or playpen and then beating the entire game uh, as a baby, which in third-person view uh, is just a very, very tiny adult. Uh... You know, people do these types of things all the time. You know, the existence of Second Quest in Zelda, I think, in a way, seems to invite that type of awareness, or at least plant the seeds of intention. Uh, and I think sometimes these things are in games. They're to test your skills as a tactician. Sometimes these things are in games, and they're like noticing toilet paper on its heel. Um, all I can really speak to uh is I found the experience of battling bosses in this way to be serene, a word that came up uh, in the preseason from me in Echo. Um, it's there something just sort of calming and soothing, even if I had half a heart about being able to go right behind a boss and just basically stab, stab, stabby, uh, and know I'd be fine and could see the patterns of their attacks and know they would never be able to touch me. so. I think what's happened is that no clip in a way inverts the challenge or uh, like the boss part is cheesable, uh, which I don't know if you know what cheesing is. It's the guardian of all things. I saw it defined this behavior as quote covertly using system glitches and design oversights to beat your opponents. Um, so I think it's odd, like I'm able to cheese the bosses, but because I'm skipping stuff, some of the mundane parts are generally harder. Like, how many times I've said the word bombs and needing them in my messages to you. And I think uh, thinking of that is sort of brings to mind like the push pull between designer and like a play tester, like good play testers find the cheese, good designers find ways to force you to play and not cheese. And I guess in a way what we're also talking about is emergent gameplay. Um, But please shoot me if you hear me talk about such things, but Hey, didn't you ask me to remind you to tell you about... Oh, to tell me about Stephanie Bollock and Patrick Lemieux? Was that you who said that?
0: Someone was telling me to... I think it was you. All right. Monday, the 27th of November, 2023,
1: at 8.18 p.m. Hey, Monday. Indeed, there's a... Teachers strike in Montreal at the moment, so we have Felix home every day for the foreseeable future, which is both obviously wonderful and absolutely terrible. (laughs) Uh, Mostly it's been good. Uh, As I said, he's been playing a lot of Tux and Fanny. Uh, But I've been playing more uh, Zelda and... You know, I still don't understand the game, but one of the things I see myself not understanding or understanding differently because of no Club is that whole question of the topology, topography, the way that the game is laid out. It's laid out for a particular kind of experience, a particular kind of play, which you can almost totally ignore. Uh, with Noclip, you can walk over water, you can walk through walls, through trees, up mountains, um, you know, kind of whatever you want, get to dungeons at the wrong moment without your bow and arrow. And that that way that Noclip obviously makes us rethink space made me think also of Stephanie and Patrick's um, game called Triforce, the topologies of Zelda, where they're actually thinking about the way that the that Zelda works with some of the areas that have weird... Um, weird kind of spatial behavior of their own, like the lost woods, lost hills, lost roads. I've seen these as I've wandered around. Uh, Places where the space doesn't behave the way it should behave, and you actually have to navigate in a different form. And one of the things they do in their game is they kind of map uh, the levels from Zelda. Some of them, all of them, I can't completely recall. I haven't played it recently. Uh, but they map the levels to different kinds of topology. So they might map um, a dungeon onto a torus, a donut shape, um, in 3D, or a dungeon onto a cylinder or the overworld onto a cube. And these things all reveal different aspects of, of what the game is like and what it, what it can look like and how it can be understood um, and as an example, I think, you know of the ways in which designers kind of push and pull other designers or other games um, and play at that level, too. Um, and all of that's coming, I should say, from a book that uh, I like. Um, I, I find it hard going sometimes, but I like it, which is metagaming, uh, where they write a lot about games, about games. Games in games, games with games, games, preposition games. Uh, game things. In other words, so good material for us there um, I might go sit by the water in zelda and uh and dip my toes into the into there and try and relax because it's not been a relaxing day uh, yeah, that's it. <laughs> See you man bye
0: Tuesday, the twenty eighth of November, two thousand and twenty three at a.m.
2: Hey, Pippins, David. I never would have in a million years thought what I was going to ask about anyway would relate, but uh, your mention of donuts (laughs) leads to something I wanted to ask you about. Have you played enough Zelda to see the pancake bad guys? Um Really, I'm asking, you know, what sort of ultra-fine details have you noticed about the world? But more specifically, the enemies, (laughs) the people, the things you encounter that populate the world and that are not playing by the same rules as you and I are here. Um, So the pancakes are called like-likes. They attempt to suck up Link and will eat any unique equipment uh, you're holding at the time. So usually, like, Shields, tunics, things that are really hard won and expensive uh it'll just take it from you, and there's also in the dungeons uh I forgot they were called wall masters, but there's a hand you sometimes find that wanders around and will take you back to the beginning uh, it's just got me thinking a lot about you know how much game worlds uh, I guess derive difficulty from or just part of the Atmosphere of the world is all about robbing you of progress. Maybe that's all video games. Um, nevertheless, blah blah blah. I have maybe two pieces of the Triforce left to collect. Uh, saw a couple things. I don't know. I saw like a boss that you know you can only defeat with a bow and arrow, and I mistakenly shot my arrow to the left, and that means it would never run into anything because the boss was above me. And then would have to die and try over again. Um, Other than that, just thinking about enemies, I had this thing happen uh, near the graveyard where I did sort of what I was hoping I could always do. uh, Which is I had these ghosts wandering around somehow bump me up towards the life bar, uh, not the inventory screen, but towards the map. I could walk left and right up there over my items. And also it was treating that whole area like it was a graveyard. So I was just mobbed by ghosts, which I guess in this context, ghosts are our equals here. Um, so that's it. I mean, other than that, I just kind of, have gotten in the habit of every screen I go on to, um, I let the boomerang, fly loose and it just keeps going until it hits something. Uh, we said this about Fallout 3. Fallout 3 was weird. Uh, I don't have an end to that thought. Zelda is just different.
0: Wednesday, the 29th of November, 2023, at
1: 11.33am. Hi, David. A quick call in from me this morning to say... Well, we're just about done with the Legend of Zelda. I thought that the pancake guys uh, what are they called uh, like 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 likes like likes I thought they were stacks of steaks, uh, so it's good to know the much more sensible truth that they are stacks of pancakes uh, and you know, I think the image of your misfired arrow zipping in front of Goma's face and wrapping around for all time is perhaps the quintessential example for us, at least for this game, of a small no-clip done well. Any parting words?
0: Wednesday, the 29th of November, 2023, at 11.34am. Wednesday, the 29th of November, 2023, at 11.50 a.m. Hey, Pippins, David. Uh quick one from me also.
2: I'm actually sort of waiting for a call. So efficient, huh? Um, I don't know that I have any, like... I always say this. I don't know that I have any big profound thing. I mean... I think there's like a lot of pressure to maybe say something significant because Zelda is a significant game. Um, but all I can really think of that I haven't mentioned is it's been so long since I last played Zelda that when I first saw the boomerang, getting the boomerang, um, I thought it was a banana for a microsecond. Um, maybe it is. How about how about for you, Pippin? Because this was a completely new whole cloth experience for you. And I think it's tempting to ask, oh, what do you think it would be like if we weren't no clipping? But we we did and we were and we have. Um there's just so many dumb questions that I don't want to ask. You know, do you feel like you understand some part of Capital V video games as a result of spending time with this? Um, probably the better question is playing Zelda, uh, looking at things not meant to be seen. What do you feel like you have seen? What do you feel like you
0: are seeing? See ya. Wednesday, the 29th of November, 2023 at
1: 5.37 PM. Hey, Bell. Uh, So just calling you to wind up The Legend of Zelda as is my right (laughs) and my duty. And to say that I don't think that I've spent much time feeling that I'm seeing things that I shouldn't be seeing uh, so much as... You know, like I said, that I'm seeing things maybe not in the order that they were meant to be seen, and it's not super clear to me that, how much that really matters as an experience, but it it does make me wonder about the possibility of designing a game where the player's normal movement is no-clipped, but that you can therefore play around with maybe some some of the gameplay ideas, some of the narrative ideas, based on that fact that you don't really know where they're going to show up and when. Uh, you know, you can do that accidentally or like by cheating with something like no clip, and it, it can yield pretty funny results, pretty pretty interesting narrative st- stuff going on. Um, but if you did it on purpose, what would some of the affordances be for design there? Don't know. I could uh, I could follow through on that. I did make a ghost. Part of a game called jostle parent where if you died as a parent you could then haunt the world that you lived in as a ghost but you couldn't interact with anything Uh, so it was was pretty distinct it was more like noclip.website um and yeah what can i say what can i say to wrap this up i guess that it, it continues to make me think about the the kinds of noclip i guess i'd imagine noclip Originally, being very much the ghost version, that you just look around at the world and the world doesn't touch you. But in a bunch of the games that we've played, Echo the Dolphin, Fallout Three, this game, you're part of the world. You can be touched by the world. You can be shot by Goma with fireballs by the world. So, curious to think about that a little bit more as we, uh, as we move on. See you later, Wizard. It? It's David. I was just talking to him. But now we're saying bye. Do you want to say bye bye? Bye. Bye. End of messages.
0: Thank you for calling Game Thing. For more information or to leave us a voicemail, please hang up and dial gamething.life. Consider supporting GameThing at patreon.com slash other game things. Goodbye.